All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic that the listener was interested in. They went to our website, techgumbo.net and over to the tab for question of the week and submitted a question. This week's question was, with the advancements in chat, GPT, and AI, should I be worried about my job? That's a great question. And there's a lot of specifics and nuance that go into should that individual question asker be worried about their job. And we've talked a lot about automation and AI in the workplace. So we're going to take this question a little differently. And that's, the answer is you're not alone. There's a lot of people who, even in just the past two years, have suddenly become much more worried. And the, the story that we found coined a nice new word, FOBO. Instead of fear of missing out, which is FOMO, this is fear of becoming obsolete. That's right. The Gallup people did us a survey for August of 2023 and went back and compared it to the numbers from August of 2021. And the numbers have shifted dramatically over those two years so that a lot of people are very, very concerned that they're going to be replaced by technology. And the fascinating part is where these changes are coming from. These are not blanket shifts across the board. So the specific question is, what percentage of people are worried that their job will become obsolete because of technology? And the non-college graduates really only changed a very small percentage. It's the college graduates who they saw a 12-point shift from 8% up to 20%. So that's more than doubling. That's two and a half times more. That's where a lot of that shift happened. And it also happened amongst people who were making a lot of money as well that people who are making more than $100,000 a year also saw a five-point increase in how much they were replaceable. And if you think about it, the college graduates are the white-collar workers, your accountants, your lawyers, your bankers, your financial planners, your software coders, those people who could very easily have if not their job replaced, a lot of the task that they do is now being supplemented or 
enhanced or done by a lot of these artificial intelligence capabilities. Yeah, I think that over the next five to 10 years, we'll see a lot of offloading. And I think that it's it's not going to be immediately. I think, you know, we're closing in on one year since the release of ChatGPT, and it's still mostly where it was. There's, there hasn't been a lot of replacement yet, because I think that we're still getting ChatGPT and the GPT models to the point where they are business grade. But, you know, you think two more years and then they're starting to that point five years they're really implemented 10 years and we're now several generations down the line yeah i think that a lot of the white collar jobs who what if you are sitting there writing a lot of reports if you're responding to a lot of emails if you are looking at a lot of spreadsheets and and you know coming through a lot of data Oh boy, that's something that a machine can do very, very well, and it's coming. It was also interesting to note the age differences. The age range of 18 to 34-year-olds saw an 11% increase in concern. The 35 to 54-year-olds saw a 6%. But if you're older than 55, eh, you're set. There's only 2% even knows artificial intelligence is out there, so they don't really care. But it's the young folks in your age group, y'all are the ones that are the most concerned. And this is fascinating because there's two explanations here. One of them is that, the, you know, as you pointed out, the young people are just more aware of this technology than the older generations are. Or two, maybe the younger people think that it's their specific tasks are more automatable. That if you have, you know, you're someone who is 60 and you're in your more executive positions, they're higher up, they're the critical decision makers for a company, you know, it probably will be a while before we start to automate some of that stuff. You're not going to replace your C-suite, even though some people have tried with automation and actually done a decent job so far, but we're still probably a long way away before we see mass adoption of that. But a lot of those entry level, that grunt type of position, that it's your job to just digitally turn a wrench, whatever that looks like at your company, that is where we'll see a lot of automation. And so it's both exposure and actual risk. You know, we we did a story a couple of weeks back about the guy with the EV coming down from Canada driving when it was really cold. And, and you brought up that if, it, if we'd written that story 100 years ago, it would have just been talking about going from the horse to the gasoline car instead of the gasoline car to the EV. If we go back 100 years ago, we could have run the same story. And it's about losing all the farm jobs because 100 years ago, 90 percent of the the jobs are agricultural jobs, and now it's less than one-tenth of one percent of the jobs are agricultural jobs. Yes, we're going to have to retrain. We're going to have to retool and learn and find new jobs. My guess is for a lot of the people 18 to 34 years old, the job that they'll have 10 years from now doesn't exist yet. Or it looks a lot different. This this scares a lot of people. People don't like change. And so the Pew has also been looking at how do people think about automation and that they saw in the past two years the number of people that were concerned that AI would be a net negative over net positive 
jumped from 37% in 2021 to 52%. That's a 15-point increase, and that's 40% of their total. These are big shifts in public opinion in small periods of time. It really is because so few people actually understand what this technology is doing. They don't understand how it happened, how we got here so quickly. And, oh, my God, is it just going to run me over? Is it going to ruin my life? And what am I going to do with myself when this thing puts me out of a job? All of these fears are maybe legitimate. They are at least real concerns. And I, I think that's one of the problems that we have is that it's really hard to know how much of this is hype, how much of this is fluff, how much this is valid, over what kind of time frames. Because if you talk to some of the experts, the experts, a lot of them have a vested interest in how people view the technology. Sam Maltman from OpenAI is going to say that his technology is groundbreaking, is earth-shattering, is going to change the future because he gets paid very well when people believe that's true. And so, you know, is he probably does believe these things. He is, I don't think he's lying, but is there an incentive for him to paint the picture a little differently? Yeah. And so that's... That is hard to separate out. And if we return back to that idea of thinking 100 years ago, my guess is that people were not a fan of the mechanization of factories. And so there's always been this fear of change. And we're still here 100 years later. It was a bumpy process, but we're still around. Well, to put this in perspective in your world, this PhD that you're working on didn't exist six years ago. Yeah, this the the idea of new mobility, transportation systems, looking at studying Uber, studying Lyft, studying the bike share systems, all of these new ideas, the self-driving cars, self-driving trucks, delivering autonomous freight. These are the things that my group is working on. And yeah, this is all new stuff and so this is groundbreaking it is fascinating but you know people in new york city still take the subway they still hop in the yellow cabs and so it's changed but is it that much is it that different it's tough to say there's no one point there's no one breaking point for the most part it's been a smooth transition well the last several times i've been in new york city i didn't see any yellow cabs so that's curious. Would they are definitely less now. I'll bet. So thank you for that question. That was a fascinating answer. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We will be sending out the Tech Gumbo mug. If you would like a Tech Gumbo mug, go to our website, techgumbo.net. You'll see a picture there on uh, of the mug. We would love to send one out to you at no charge. So let's move on to the big story. We kind of alluded to it a little bit. Once again, it's going to be hard to get away from talking about AI and, and large language models for any time soon. But this week, a bunch of the tech leaders, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Sam Altman, and a whole bunch of others were all called up to Washington, D.C. 
for a closed door all senators session. The I kind of like the idea of closed door in some ways because you don't get the same grandstanding, and so there's less incentive to get your Twitter sound bites. Maybe they're they're going to do a better job in this way. So hopefully this was was a very productive meeting. And again, you see a lot of different people paint different pictures. That Sam Altman has come out and said that, hey, please regulate us. They He is looking for the government to put some legal guardrails around the GPT models and not just the more softer ones that they currently have. Then there was the Mark Zuckerberg who said, hey, look. Our LLM is going to be very open source and it's just going to be madely, it's going to be widely available for anybody to use. And we're not going to charge you to use it. Come on, come all, use our large language model. And that's really interesting. One, because of how different it is that at OpenAI, they have their GPT model and that is their secret sauce. But the meta has Llama 2, which is their large language model. And if they're saying, we will give it to anybody for you to train it on, you can make it your own customizable. Well, we've talked uh, recently about how LSU wants an LSU large language model. And so the number of people who say, hey, you know, I have some use for something like that. I, it's, you know, mostly exists already. And I want to put in a little bit of my own spice over the top and now it's LSU flavored or it's NYU flavored or it's the state of Louisiana flavored or whatever, but just specifying your large language model because it's free and open source. Well, you know, that's kind of compelling. And then there's Elon Musk, Lord Voldemort himself. He has come out and said, oh my God, it's going to be the end of the world. We need to shut this down. It's out of control. Just he was kind of off the rails a little bit it is you know him saying that this is the this is the asteroid cone for the dinosaurs you know it's probably not that's not a great not a great odds that this is probably not apocalyptic you know one of the interesting questions is that we talked recently you know earlier about how people are fearful of this and they, they fear that ai will make their lives worse and that's we talk about all the disruption coming, and that's what Musk is alluding to here. I wonder, would there have been a smoother path for this? That it's interesting, Mark Zuckerberg has been a face in these meetings for a long time now. Elon Musk has been a face in these meetings for a long time now. We'll get to Sundar Pichai of Google. He's been one of the usual suspects for years now. Their, their companies are staples, but OpenAI is the new player here. That 15 months ago, no one had heard of Sam Altman. And that if he never would have opened up the box and still just had GPT-4 sitting in the lab, and he was running around saying, I have this model which can pass the bar and become a doctor and pass the sommelier exam, people would have said he's sniffing glue. But he does have all those things, and we have seen it work, and he's right. And so that brings the question, did we have to take this path to get here? You know, it's it, and it's fascinating because some of the other people who were involved in this meeting, they're worried about if we use the 
the AI just based upon history, well, a lot of history had a lot of racism involved in it. So is, are these systems going to be racist? You've got the, 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 the labor unions. There's a big strike going on in Hollywood. The writers are worried about the, the chat GPT is going to put them out of business. And you have other unions, truck drivers. They're very concerned as what this is going to do, which is kind of interesting because the, the AFL-CIO is not the white collar like we were talking about just a few minutes ago. And yet they're worried, too, about their jobs being replaced. Well, it's interesting to note from that survey that in 2021, non-college graduates were 22% fearful of being replaced and that they jumped to 24%. So that's only a 2% increase. It's the college graduates who caught up to them. So the non-college graduates have had this fear of being replaced by a technology for a while now. And now it's just everyone else is also adding this fear into them. And so it's interesting that maybe we we are seeing a lot of these labor movements happen in a lot of industries across the country. Maybe the white collar people should be learning something from this movement. And and you did allude to Sundar Pakai from Google. His whole take was, look, AI is it's too important not to regulate. But Congress, we want y'all to go regulate AI when it comes to healthcare. Y'all go find a little corner in the world to to deal with and we'll do everything else over here. Y'all regulate that part. We got this. OpenAI and Microsoft have specifically argued for the creation of a new government agency specifically to work on AI and large language models. And Google just doesn't think that's necessary. Google thinks that the current agencies that exist are fine. They already have enough direction and that there's not a need for creation of a new agency. This is interesting. This is a much more wonky political conversation. You're getting into how does policy actually implemented. And so... If we look at the CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, this is a pretty new agency designed specifically to tackle cybersecurity. So there is some precedent to create new technological government agencies to handle these new problems. The question is whether or not this will happen. How do different presidential administrations want to handle that? That's more getting down to the nuts and bolts. But it, it does paint a different picture. It shows a different view that Sundar Pichai has from some of the other people in this field. And honestly, I would so much rather have the team over at CISA trying to do some kind of regulations as opposed to anybody in Congress having anything to do with it. Because at least the people who work at CISA understand the technology. They're not some of these 90-year-old Jurassic senators that are out there and or just even a lot of the people in Congress who have no clue as to what anything is going on with technology. We need people like the folks in CISA to step up and say, hey, we got this. I very much agree that that is why we create government agencies is to bring expertise in-house so that whenever you have the people who need to sit down and create those nuanced laws and that nuanced regulation, Congress doesn't have to do everything. That's why we have the executive branch and the executive branch is in charge of executing on the laws. Well, creating the government administrations to do these things, that's what they're there for. Let's hope that this visit of the tech giants with inside the closed door meeting 
got the ears of these senators and got them to understand without the cameras rolling, without the media there to write about it, the media is going to hear everything secondhand. Okay, that's fine. But at least these people heard directly from the horse's mouth what needs to happen. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.